You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. I'm glad to be standing before you this morning and um, I'm expectant because I believe the Lord has a word for me. Praise the Lord. If you're here, probably he has a word for you as well. And if you're listening online, I think he also he has a word for you. Amen? And the word, you know, I think it was Bob Marley that sang. He says, Song of Deliverance. How does that song go again? Redemption, son. I think it's a word of deliverance for me. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, where do we begin from? Okay, let's take uh, Philemon. Philemon, verse 6. It says, okay, let me read from verse 4 so that it makes sense. It says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Six, let's read six together. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That the sharing of my faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in me in Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we fellowship in your presence and as we listen to your word, let the scripture become true in our lives. That from today, the sharing of our faith may become effective by reason of the acknowledgement of all the good things which are ours in Christ Jesus. Spirit of the living God, do this for us. Plant this word in the depths of our being. Let it count for us. Let it work for our good for the rest of our lives unto eternity. In the name of Jesus. The teacher is in need of your help. The hearers are in need of your help. Help us all. Thank you, Father. For through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. How many of us know that Jesus is coming soon? How many of us know that we are in those times that they told us about before? We are in perilous times. You know, I think it was last Sunday or two Sundays ago that I was saying that what the Bible told us would happen were in current affairs. You know, the one that is just amazing to me is that, do you know that the Ukraine-Russian war is still going on? But CNN doesn't even remember them again. He has taken backstage because there's something more serious. Praise the Lord. Do you know that in Africa there is a war going on in Sudan? But nobody thinks about that. Earthquakes are no longer reported unless they reach a particular magnitude and a particular number of people die these are the things the bible said will happen praise god now jesus is indeed coming soon and remember i said that his coming is going to be like a thief in the night okay so we're not going to be you know told it's now no it's our responsibility by reason of the word of god to be prepared so that whenever he comes, we can go and we will lose and miss nothing in the name of Jesus Christ. Say to yourself, I'll be ready. When the Lord comes, I will be ready. You will be ready by the grace of God. Amen. So Jesus is coming soon. And he's coming not for a weak, limping church. He's coming for a glorious church. Can you please put Ephesians 5.27 for it? He's coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a beautiful church. A church that does not have spot or wrinkle or any such thing. A church that is 
holy, without blemish. He's coming for people that when you look at them, you know, they glow. Can you look at your neighbor this morning and see if your neighbor is glowing? Hi, Chief Bison, you're glowing. Hallelujah. Bison, are you 70 yet? Approaching. Look at the man, he's glowing. Praise the Lord. You're glowing as well. Queen Mother, you're glowing. I can see Gigi's money all over you. Praise the Lord. Jesus is coming for a glorious church. A church without spot, a church without wrinkle, or any such thing. Okay? So, if we are going to be in this state when it comes, how are we going to maintain that readiness in the type of times that we are in? That's my question. Because, you see, if you're a Nigerian, you know what it is. We're even tired of, you know, saying about what happens. Each time I try to check um, Google, you know, to make a search, the first thing that comes up there is black market rate. The speed with which I just jump over it. I'm tired of checking. Praise the Lord. The news everywhere, the crime rate. I don't know if some of you heard, just in case that might help someone, and you will never be caught in it in Jesus' name. But someone wrote that he was driving in the evening, and he saw like a crippled man crossing the road. And he slowed down to allow this man cross fully, not knowing that it was a tactic. Once he slowed down, a heavy stone was thrown on his car, shattered the glasses. So you can imagine now. So it means now if you see someone crossing the road, can you see the dimension of wickedness? The other one we saw some time ago, I told my wife, I said, this thing is not normal. You see a child with, you know, a, a basin broken and pure water all over or something. That's the level of that getting inventive in wickedness. You know, it's just everywhere. So how do we remain who we are in the midst of all of this? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Okay? So how do we maintain that readiness? And there are a few things I saw in the Bible, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And I'm just going to, you know, just not conclusive, but just to help us. One of them is the passage in Matthew 10, 16, which says, Be harmless as doves and as wise as serpents. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the Bible says what? Behold, I send you a sheep in the midst of wolves. It says, therefore, be wild, wise as and harmless as doves. Can we see that in the message translation? It says, stay alert. This is what? Has that us work? I'm assigning you. You are going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. Can you imagine that? So it says, so don't call attention to yourselves. Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove, which means don't look for unnecessary trouble. Some people want to die without suicide. Are you hearing me? Just be inoffensive, be harmless, no matter the provocation. These are some of the things. That's not a study. I'm just, I just saw it and, you know, it's exciting. Another one in Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, watch and pray. The season we are in, no matter how difficult things are, prayer should not be difficult for you at this time. You need it. Matthew 26, 41, please. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. It's important. If you're a Christian, your prayer life must not go down now. If anything, it should go up. Help me tell your neighbor, your prayer life should go up. And, and um, just like um, someone wrote... Okay, I can't remember exactly the way he wrote it. But the essence of what he was saying is this. There are places that make it easier for you to do certain things. Okay? That's why you can watch a match on television for free. But people will pay $5,000 to go and watch World Cup in Spain. What is the difference? The same match. You see everything that is happening. But that environment in Spain, inside the stadium, gives them a different feel. The same way you can pray in your house, you can pray in your car, you can pray anywhere you are. But when you gather as the church to pray, it's like being in that Olympic stadium. Somebody will become wise in this season in the name of Jesus. The battle you're facing, the battle that we're facing in these last days, somebody has to become wise. Say, be wise as what? Serpents. It's not a time to do big boy or big girl. You and I need help. Praise God. 
Another one, it says, I like this one. It says, do not be children in understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 20. It said, do not be children in understanding. It said, in malice, you can be babes. So, you know some people have PhD in quarrel. Do you know anybody like that? They can quarrel scientifically. That's, they have different dimensions. But now, okay, we've settled that. But then, how come? He said, in malice, what? Be babes. But in understanding, what should you do? Be mature. These are just things that will help us. Now, one of them also, which is where I, I want to, you know, take my move forward, is in Colossians 4.2. I'd like us to read it together, everyone. Okay, one to go. Let's read. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with... Let's read it one more time. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. This morning, I want us to go into meditation on a theme that I've called vigilant thanksgiving. What did I say? Vigilant thanksgiving. It's a key for survival. It's a key for triumphing in these last days. Praise the Lord. Continue earnestly in prayer. Vigilant in it. Not just continue. You know, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall guard your heart or garrison your heart. But here the Holy Spirit is saying, continue. Can we just do one and two, please? Thank you. Okay, he says, Masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. He's talking about accountability. Then he says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. How many of us know what the word vigilant means? I believe we all know. What does it mean to be vigilant? To be vigilant means to keep careful watch for possible danger. You're not vigilant where there is no danger. Praise the Lord. You're not vigilant. You know, a, a man of God was preaching once, and he said, if you, if you get into where your friends are, and the friend just rushes you, and just brings his hand to your shoulder, you will bring your shoulder for him to hug you. But if your friend goes for the pocket where your wallet is, immediately you, you know, play some taekwondo. You knock off his hand. Why? Because where his hand is going, if he lays hold of that, something could happen, right? So, you're never asked to be vigilant where everything is okay. Keep careful watch for possible danger. Hallelujah. Keep careful watch for possible what? Danger or difficulty. Now, the question you must ask yourself is, why should they tell me to be vigilant in Thanksgiving? What is, what is it about it that I should be vigilant in Thanksgiving? Is it not to dance? Is it not to be joyful? What is it that I, about it that I have to be vigilant in thanksgiving? You know why? We're going to see as we look into the scriptures this morning. That's why we started by Philemon 6. And Philemon 6 says that the communication of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement. The word effective, what's the opposite? Ineffective, right? Ineffective means something is there but is not working. So it means then that my faith will become ineffective if I do not acknowledge every good thing which is mine in Christ Jesus. Acknowledgement. If I don't acknowledge it, it becomes ineffective. Are we together this morning? Praise the Lord. Okay. So continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Pastor, I don't understand. Break it down for me. I'm going to break it down like the Spirit of God gave it to me. Now, I think it was Wednesday that we looked at Adam and Eve. And I don't know, God in his mercy always shows me from that two, three chapters of the Bible what every other thing is talking about. Now, in Genesis 2 verse 16, this is what the Bible says. God speaking. It says, of every tree of the garden, what should happen? He said to Adam and Eve, you may what? Freely eat of how many trees of the garden? Every tree. 17 says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what will happen? He says, you shall not eat it. 
The day you eat this one, you will die. Okay. Do, do I have a botanist or anybody who has an idea of the species of trees or fruits in the world? There can be less than a thousand different varieties. Okay, but let's leave that for now. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent came, the devil, not the serpent at this time, the devil came, okay, and started a conversation with Eve in particular. And this is what he said. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Praise God. God says in 16, of every tree of the garden, you may what? Serpent says, did God say you shouldn't eat of every tree of the garden? What are you seeing here? He's saying exactly opposite of what God said. Now, the question is this. Why didn't Eve immediately say you're a liar? Because it was an outright lie. She went into conversation. And they started conversing. And they started conversing. And she said, well, there is one that he said we shouldn't eat. But what the serpent said is, did God say you may not eat of every tree? But God said you may eat of it, what? Freely. We're going somewhere. Now, what made this woman disobey God and, you know, be misled or obey the serpent? Verse 6 tells us. Let's go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, when the woman saw that the tree which the serpent had turned her focus on, was good for food, right? Was pleasant to the eyes, right? And was desirable to make one wise, right? That's when she ate it. Now, I want you to please... Can you go back to Genesis 2.9? Genesis 2.9 tells us about the every tree that God said they should eat. Now, what is happening there? It says, out of the ground, the Lord God made what? Every tree grow that is what? To the side and good for... And even right there, there was what? The tree of life was also in the midst. Wisdom gives life. The excellence of wisdom is that it gives life. So everything that Eve was seeing she was missing was already there. Is someone with me? Now, why then could it be a temptation for her to go against God's clear command for that one tree? You know why? She never was grateful enough for the every tree. She never was thankful enough for the every tree. Every tree in the garden was good for food. Every tree in the garden was pleasant to the eyes. And in the garden, there was a tree that would really make one wise. The tree of life. And all of that had been what? Given to her. Remember, God didn't say, you shall not eat of the tree of life. The only one he said you shouldn't eat is what? The tree of the knowledge. Now, how can I? That's why I said it's deliverance for me. How can I have, let's say, 500 trees to eat from? And then I fall into the temptation of not eating from the 500. I can eat from one. We're not talking about you. It's me I'm talking about. I leave 500 that is my own, given to me. And then I go to the one that said you shouldn't give. You know, Proverbs says something. It says, stolen water is sweet. Stolen bread is sweet. Adultery is sweet. Fornication is sweet. All of that. <laughs> the sweetness of it is the sweetness of death. Praise the Lord, somebody. You see? Vigilant in thanksgiving is a weapon, is a shield that God has given the Christian. Because if you position yourself well in that place of thanksgiving for what God has done for you, the devil cannot start a conversation with you. He would have nowhere to begin. Imagine if Eve, you know, every day was just going around the garden and saying, Oh Lord, wonderful. Look at this fruit tree. Oh, look at this other tree. Look at this beautiful. I haven't even eaten from this one. And then the serpent comes and starts to try to turn her attention to one that is far there that God said he should do it. Would she have time for him? She wouldn't. But because she never was in the place of full gratitude, appreciation, where was that? She had not come to acknowledge the good thing or the good things which were hers. 
Praise the Lord. Let's leave that. We're going to come back. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a popular story we know very well. And, you know, I saw it from a different dimension also. 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7 is the story of the widow, her two sons, the creditor that was coming to take them, and the prophet. Now, this woman, this husband, was the one who got them indebted, I believe. And he had died. And the Bible says the creditors were coming to take her two sons away. And then she cried out to the prophet and said to the prophet, this is what is going to, about to happen. And my son was your servant. Now, okay, it's on the screen. Say, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. Let me hear you say, your servant feared the Lord. Now, remember the Bible says, the psalmist writing, say, once I've been young and now I'm old, what have I seen? I've never seen the righteous word. <laughs> Once I've been young and now I am old, I have never seen the righteous forsaking nor his seed beg bread. This woman was trying to say this is an exception. That's why she added that qualification. And you know, my husband was, or that your servant was, feared the Lord. But we're in Wahala now. Okay? So he said, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Hallelujah. Read verse 2 for me, everyone. So the prophet said, yes, what shall I do? What's the next thing? What shall I do for you? What do you have in the house? Now, now, now. I want you to hold on here. Look at what is going on here. So a woman comes and tells me that her husband is dead and then... Creditors are coming to take her two sons. What immediately does that say? That she is destitute. Am I right? The creditors are not coming to take her uh, four, six car. They're not coming to take her blending machine because there's none. That's why they're taking the two sons. But the prophet, being a prophet of God, knowing that if you serve the Lord, he can never leave you empty-handed. Is someone listening to me? Knowing the faithfulness of God, knew that the devil was lying there. He said, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? The woman was delivered. That's why I said, it's deliverance for me. The woman said, nothing. Then she said, ah, there's a jar of oil in the house. Brothers and sisters, that the communication of your faith might become effective by the acknowledgement of what? Every good thing which is yours in Christ Jesus. That thing you're not acknowledging is your stepping stone to the one you want to acknowledge. <laughs> Hallelujah. The man said, what shall I do for you? Then he says, tell me. Which means there's something you didn't tell me. There's something you didn't reveal to me. If your husband was the servant of the Lord and feared the Lord, he will not leave him without a witness. There's more to this story. Woman, what do you have in the house? That's why the first answer was nothing. Then mercy came and she said, but a jar of oil. And the prophet said, okay, that's it. Go and borrow vessels. Borrow vessels, not a few. When you borrow these vessels, bring it in the house, you know the rest of the story. What I want to ask you is, when that woman, who the creditors were dragging her two sons, went to neighbors to borrow vessels, what would she be telling the neighbors? Her reason for borrowing vessels. I need someone to help me. Why does she need vessels? Can somebody help me? Praise the Lord. Sorry? The man of God sent me. Okay? Any other person? Okay, let, let me ask you. What do you need boxes for? For storage. She would go to her neighbors and instead of crying, I'm destitute. She would say, I'm blessed. I need vessels to accommodate the blessing the prosperity, the increase that God has what? Given to me. You don't borrow vessels if you don't have something to put inside. So her confession changed. She went about knocking on doors and said, please, can you give me big vessel? What do you need a big bag for if you don't have things to pack in the big bag? Is someone getting it? And she went around telling them, God has visited me. I need big vessels. 
you know, I need a 50-liter uh, uh, jerry can. I need a 25-liter. Did you even have a 100-liter? Why? Because I have all flowing. And as she was going, they were giving to her. They were giving to her. They were giving to her. The same woman, the same house, the same thing that was in the house, when she was indebted and when she went into prosperity, what changed was that she said there is a jar of oil. Somebody, your eyes are opening. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. God is faithful. Let me say God is faithful. God is faithful. The challenge you and I have, that we have as Christians, is that because God is love and because God is all that he is, we wish God were more emotional than God. God is not emotional. God loves us, but God is not emotional. Because God and his word are the same. Are you hearing me? So in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God and his word are the same. So wherever God's words are contradicted or disobeyed, God's hands are tied because God walks by his word. In human relations, if I came and I wanted to get something from uh, Pastor Livingstone now, the more I make myself pitiful, Possibly the more mercy I can generate from him. Am I right? And do you know that is what we bring to God when we come to God? We want to present ourselves to God, you know, in the most pitiful, most miserable position. But forgetting that he's your alpha. What did I say? He's your beginning. So there are some things you present to God, you actually accusing him. I don't know about married couples here, but let me tell you about myself. You don't get the best from me for accusing me. When you accuse me, you get a lawyer. You never do this. You have accused me, right? I will give you the three reasons based on constitution. Why it is, I've never done it. But if you say, ah, do you know you did this thing? You can also do this. I think, yes, so. I can also add to this. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? When you go to God... And you stand in a place where you are accusing him. Since the morning, I never chop. Oh, since the afternoon, I never even breathe. Oh, since uh, I never even come out. Oh, I know fit waka. I know fit. God will say, eh. Is it not you I'm looking at? So you're accusing me. Continue. And you know, those approaches, they appeal to the human being so much. So that incidentally and unfortunately, when most Christians go to church, they preach to them in a way that they look at God as God is owing them and God has to do something now. But that ground is a very risky ground to be in. Why? Because it's so dangerous. The enemy can sneak in and get you to fall immediately. But if you get what we are talking about this morning, that no matter where you are now listening to me, in spite of the fact that you're still in Nigeria with dollar at 1,300, God is faithful to you. Can I hear somebody say, God is faithful to me? You know why? Because he knows where you are. Where you are, God did not miss. He is not searching for you on the map. God is not wondering, where, where, where is he came now? Where is that boy? God is not thinking I'm in Canada. He knows I'm in Katambe. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, when you come to God, you must acknowledge that he's omnipotent omnipresent and omniscient no matter what i'm seeing now he knows what he's doing are you hearing me no matter what you're going through now god knows what he says he will not allow you he will not allow me to be tempted beyond what what i can bear but with every temptation what will he do there is a way of escape so there's a way i can come i will never see the way of escape but there's a way i'll come he will smile what did he say to Hagar? Hagar cried out. I and this lad were going to die. Oh Lord God. God said, look right. And when she turned right, what did she find? A well. She was carrying a jug of water. But God had provision for a well. Listen. God is faithful. God is wise. God never, never cannot disappoint anybody but you and i can fail in our faith the woman that came to our lord jesus you know the syrophoenician woman came and you know she was making appeals and the disciples said please drive her away you know send this woman away from here she, she's bothering us 
Jesus was checking something. He knew what he was doing. He said, God, I don't have time for you. I've sent only to the lost ship of Israel. And the woman persisted. He said, okay, what you want is for the children. The woman persisted and said, don't worry, master. You're such a good master. Even the dogs in your house, they eat from the crumbs that fall. Jesus said, this, this woman knows me. If you miss the revelation of the goodness of God, you miss the experience of his goodness. Can I hear somebody say, God is good to me? I know you may have listened to somebody that makes you feel that, ah, God has forced. No, God has not forced. It does not matter what you're going through. God is faithful to you. (laughs) God is faithful to you. Hallelujah. Being vigilant in it with what? With thanksgiving. God is saying to you and I, Psalm 34 verse 1 and 2, please put it on the screen for me. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall what? Continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is one of the Psalms that David wrote. When he was, he was running from Saul and had run to the Philistines. Okay? So the servants of the king brought David before the king of the Philistines. And say, look at this man. He's here. He's the one who killed Goliath. He's our enemy. You know? He's now in our territory. What shall we do with him? And David started pretending like he was mad. And started bringing out saliva from parts of his mouth. And, you know, doing like this. Just misbehaving. And the king said, please remove this madman from my court. What have I to do with madmen? When David left, he did not go and start saying, God, you've forsaken me. What did he say? He says, I will bless. If you read further down, he said, the humble cried. He said, I will bless the Lord. What is there about the situation? Verse 3, he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He said, I saw the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. (laughs) He went on. 6 says, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all. That's what God does. But somebody needs a change of attitude. He's a big God. You see, if I have to prove a point to you, I will respond on your terms. But if I have no point to prove, I will, by integrity, respond on who I am, based on who I am. And that's what you must understand. Praise the Lord. So God is saying to you and I today, you can't, you can't take the risk of losing your sensitivity to what I have done for you. It's your standing ground. It's your safety. It's your defense. He said, I think it was on Wednesday we said that. He said, imagine if Eve met serpent and called serpent. Come, come, come. You slimy devil. Come, come. Have you heard what the Lord has done? Do you understand? Imagine if he caused the serpent and started telling the serpent how good the Lord was. Would any such thing happen? Now, do you know that every morning you wake up, you can wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice in it and be glad. I may not have this. I mean, let, let, let me show you a scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 9, please. Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. Okay. Thank you. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man what? Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Just hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stay there. These are the things we want to thank God for. Andy, are you with me? Let me hear you. These are the things we want to thank God for. These are the things that will make us dance. These are the things, you know, we'll go, okay, you know, I've had wealth. I've had this, I've had this. And God says, don't do that. Because you know why? He said those things, they fluctuate. Look at 24. He says, let him who glories, glory in this world. That he understands and knows me. Now, hold on. The knowledge of God you have, does it vary? Does it change? Who God is, does it change? You know, is, does he have variableness or shadow of turning? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So, when the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is this. He's not saying give thanks for everything. He's saying in everything, give thanks to God. You know why? Because in everything, God is the same. Just like as you are now, 
No matter what happens, you'll be breathing. If you're angry, you don't stop breathing because you're angry. I'm so angry now, I won't breathe. I'm very happy now, I won't breathe. Whether happy or sad, what do you do? Because you need to breathe through. God is. And no matter the circumstance or situation, he's deserving of acknowledgement. You know, we had um, some situation now. Those of us who have landed property in Abuja, you know. They sent us a bill. Not they sent. We realized that we have uh, almost two million naira to pay tenement rate, ground rent. Sorry. Listen. So they brought it to us, and the person who brought it said, "Please, oh ma, let's go and pay this money quickly." You know, Governor of uh, Abuja. Is, he said, "If you go there, if you see the way people are paying, now, now, can you imagine how we are running to pay because somebody was appointed to a position? It's not his land." He's going to be there for some time. Do you understand? Now, you're not arguing. You're not telling him there is no road. You're not telling there is no infrastructure. You just quickly go and pay. You're not even negotiating the amount. You go and pay. Why? Because the governor of Abuja said you pay. Now, do you know if you were to pay rent to God? Hello? If you were to pay rent to God, how many of us have known somebody who was on oxygen in the hospital? First of all, before you get you need electricity if we were to pay rent to go so when the Bible says give thanks to God giving thanks for all things and in all things don't imagine that you're doing God a favor no you owe him more than you can think of you know we're always in this place listen every human being as we are seated here now no matter how unquote blessed your neighbor might appear he has things he would want God to do for him do you know that if they said God is here can answer just two requests don't think that that man sitting by you looking like a big man will allow you go first they rush to be the first to get those two things now what we need will never finish i hear me needs will never finish that's why they said be vigilant in thanksgiving because if you keep your focus on the next thing you will lose appreciation for what you have and loss of appreciation for what you have 30 years in marriage if people ask me one of the secrets of a good marriage or a successful marriage is remember when you wanted to marry him or her (laughs) remember when it was your desire just that just if you remember that is enough this useless man this useless woman eh even you quarreled with your friend when you were struggling to knock out the other person for the man. He has become useless now. Remember when you wanted him or her. If you keep remembering that, it will be difficult for the devil. Listen, there's what is called, I don't know, has English dictionary, are see finish? Please, somebody needs to write, uh, they shouldn't miss that word. See finish. There's what is called see finish. See finish or praise everywhere. You're looking at a Range Rover. What's the latest one now? Range Rover, Vogue, whatever, sports, whatever. You're looking at it, looking at it. When it becomes your own. Listen, every car I've ever driven, I pictured the dashboard and the interior before I had it. After I have it, what I see is where my phone is, where my house key is, where I keep TomTom. I don't see dashboard again. It has become my car. I don't see anything. Someone entered, I said, ah, I remember, the, I think it was uh, the Honda or something. They brought this, you know, neon, this blue, violet light. You know, you enter, you see the car in the night. Inside just looks like you're somewhere out of space. The moment it became my car, I stopped seeing it. You know why? See finish. And it's not intended to be like that. It's a work of the enemy. That's why our Lord Jesus will have a situation where he has 5,000 men, not counting women and children, you know, to feed. And has five loaves of bread. He didn't say, what is this? When they gave him, he didn't say, what is this? Andrew, my long way go. That, Andrew, take time. Oh. We're talking of food to give 5,000. And you're bringing five. Come on, take this thing. That's what many of us do. That's what some of us are doing now. But when he was brought to Jesus, remember the Jews said when god fed them they took the manna the meaning of manna is what is this 
That's what manna means. Manna is what is this. That's why after some time they say, please, we're missing the onions and garlic in Egypt. Take us back. Manna is what is this? What's this thing? What's this thing God is giving me? Eh? What's this thing? You know, I'm looking for breakthrough. But you're, you're healthy. But you never really thank God for health. But all you're telling God is that December is approaching. And you have not hit. But you've not hit a car. That's amongst the things you've not hit. You've not hit money. But you've not hit a car. Scorpion has not hit you, but he say favor hasn't met you. Jesus picked it up and said, Father, I thank you. How can you be thanking the Father for five loaves and two fish? Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, no matter the situation. You're a family here, you don't have food to eat, but you're not quarreling. Let me tell you, when you quarrel with your wife, no matter the type of food that is on the table, it has lost its taste. Both of you are entering cake and you're gisting. When they're inside Range Rover or G-Wagon and they're quarreling, that G-Wagon is like Kekema Pep, not Napep again. The N has changed to M. Listen, God says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it. Why? Because every atmosphere of thanksgiving draws down divine attention and drives away devil's focus. Everywhere there's murmuring. Listen, God cannot stand murmuring. You know why? He's so good. Listen, if you come now, this thing you did to me, this thing you did to me, you'll be thinking, what have I done to pass again? Isn't it? But if you always do good, and you know you never do it, you don't make mistakes, everything you do is excellent. Once I say this thing you did to me, what has happened? I have a problem. I've entered. Whenever you accuse God, because God is good, he does all things well. He doesn't forget anything. He doesn't overlook anything. He makes everything beautiful in his time. Oh Lord, I've been waiting for you for 70 years. This hasn't happened. God is walking. I get it me. There's nothing missing. I know it sounds better if I came here now and said to you, somebody here, the time is past. Now, 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 now. You feel good. But let me tell you, your feeling does not move heaven. It's your positioning that moves heaven. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. To diligently seek him is that you seek him on his terms. Hallelujah. You know? Oh, Holy Spirit help us. Somebody's being delivered. I'm being delivered. <laughs> you see some things in the scriptures now. And you begin to see how it now adds up. First Timothy 6.6 6 is a passage we've looked at here very well. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. What are you talking about? I have need. They didn't say godliness with food and house and, you know, all of that. It's no, it said godliness with contentment. What does that contentment equal? It, it equals contentment. Now, let me give you a translation. Do, do we have good news translation? GNT. We don't have it. Okay, let's see NLT and the Living Bible. It says, yet, true godliness with what? Contentment. It's itself. It's itself what? It's itself. Okay, let's see the Living Bible. Thank you. He said, do you want to be truly rich? What does it say? He said, you're ready. If you're happy, there's the Bible speaking to you, listening to me. He said, do you want to be true? He said, you're ready if you're happy and you're ready. Do you want to have joy? Listen, it's not your wedding day that will be your most peaceful day. There are people that when they lie down on their bed, they remember the day. Wedding day. Are you hearing me? It's none of that. He said, let this be your boast. Let this be your glory. Let your rejoicing be in me. Every other thing, they they have their place. But they must never take the rock that you stand on. That is the acknowledgement of every good thing which is yours in Christ Jesus. Listen, when the Bible says the early church, they were filled with joy. You know, they were rejoicing and the people feared them or respected them. It wasn't any of the things that we are pursuing that they feared about them. It was that these people will gather and are laughing. And you look at what I shared for the lunch. It's cabin biscuit. You look outside. And you're wondering, why are they so happy? They're rejoicing in the Lord. They have embraced their master. The love of their master satisfied them. The psalmist says that loving kindness is better than, than life. This morning, our time is gone. Vigilant in thanksgiving.
I want to even put it another way. Aggressive in thanksgiving. Can somebody dismiss the enemy in his life today? Completely. Sit down. Do you understand? Look at your life and see the things that you must bless God for. Do you understand? Let us not be like Eve. Having almost, you know, 500 species of trees to eat from. And her desire was only that one. So you're here. You know, the devil is making you feel uh, next week is November. And you're not married. Then you're sad because of that. Be delivered. I said be delivered. Because there are people who are married that want to get back to where you are. Let somebody tell us the truth. Listen, God loves you. And no good thing. Is that scripture? No good thing will he withhold. God loves you. Don't sit down. The Bible says, he that did not withhold his only son, Jesus. But gave him up freely for you. He said, how shall he with him? Listen, we have races to run. We have journey to run. Do you understand? We have friends that have seven children. God deemed it that they can handle it. My wife and I, even when it was rich and just, most times we'll just go enter into the room and we'll be gisting. If they gave us seven children, maybe one of the little ones will actually climb and, you know, climb the fence and fall off. We wouldn't know. But there are people that they will do this, they will do this, they will do this. God knows the capacity. God knows what you can handle. God is not keeping any good thing from you. He loves you and he has a timetable for you. He has a timetable for you. He has a timetable for you. He's faithful to you. He's faithful to you. God did not look from heaven and say that brother is better than you. I give him riches. No, riches is a responsibility. You will not answer for what they didn't give you. You know, the other day I was talking about people bringing money. Don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about giving me money. God has me covered. I'm talking about money for the house of God. There are so many things I want to do. I want to hold dinner for legislators that will cost maybe about 30 million. You know, for big people in Abuja and share the word with them. But if we haven't bought diesel. So that's money I'm talking about, not for me. God is faithful. Praise the Lord. Do you get what I'm talking about? No, no. There, there are things to be done. Okay? So you have beauty and you're wishing. Why don't I look like this person? Why don't I? The person that is looking like that, the accountant, this person admired you. Did you minister the word to him? This person say you're so beautiful. You haven't won her soul to God. Eh? You're using your beauty. You just depose. You just depose, depose, depose. They're marking it for you. You're so intelligent. Everybody comes to listen to your counsel. Have you given them the counsel of the Lord? Is somebody hearing me? Everything that we, we kill ourselves for, they are just, you know, that workload. I've told us here when I was in the bank, at a stage, they started giving some people 090. Some of us remember then. I had not gotten to the level of 090. So when I go for weekend, I'm gone until I resume on Monday. Those that they give 090, you see them on Monday, they say, ah, I was in the office trial Saturday, Sunday. They say, well... <laughs> Big man, big trouble. The 090 is so that they can call you to come. Nobody calls you on the 090 and say, go and have fun with your family. So they gave it to you so that they can use you. When God blesses us on this side of eternity, you know, it is that we may use it for the kingdom. So why would I kill myself? We are drivers. We are the employers in an organization as drivers. And for me, they give me uh, one small car to be driving. They give you uh, uh, Leyland. How many know the one that is Leyland? I know you will know Leyland. Okay, let me break it down. They give you Dangote truck. Then I'll be envying you. Say, God, this organization blessed you with Dangote truck. And this is what they blessed me with, with Toyota Camry. Will I do that? I'll be happy, Abby. See what he's carrying. Why will I, as a Christian now, look at somebody and be saying he's driving Dangote truck? God has favored him more. No, God has assigned to him more. The parable of the talent. Say, he gave to each according to their ability. So God knows what I can handle. Assignment is to remain faithful in where we are. And the Bible says, if you're faithful in that little, he will commit much. Don't lift your eyes. Put your eye on the ground and do the work. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father. So, so this morning, I know... I've heard something. I don't know what you have heard. But I want you to count the trees you can eat from. (laughs) I know the tree 
that you can't eat from is right there in your face. It's right there in your face. But the ones you can eat from, I want you to count it. Health, salvation, the love of friends. You're not what you think you should be. But your friends genuinely love you. You have pure, sincere fellowship. There are people that everybody that gathers around them is gathering to get something. They're like dead body. Everybody that is coming around them is a vulture. They tell them what they want to hear. They say to them what they want to say. When they get out, they discuss how they played him. But if you go to his house, I know what I'm saying. You know. So I want you to count the trees. You know, the good things that are yours in Christ Jesus. The marvelous things that are yours. You know, we don't have time to get into the thoughts. We've looked at that some Sundays, you know, back. Where you begin to enter into the thoughts that he had towards you. But today alone, just think of what you have. Think like that widow. To you, it may have been nothing, but all of a sudden, this morning is dawning on you that there's a cruise of oil. There's something that you can rejoice over. There's something you can boast over. God knows my name. God sent me on errand. He used me to win a soul. He's using me to disciple somebody. I'm the hand of God. I'm I'm the point of God in my family. Somebody is counting his or her trees and saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you. Now, I want you to do something now. I want you to let the Lord know. The scripture says, he that began the good work in you. Say, we'll be faithful. That's where we're going to. So I acknowledge he's done good so far. And I tell him, Lord, you'll be faithful to complete it. (laughs) He who started a good work will be be faithful faithful to complete it in you. But you must first acknowledge it's a good work he's doing in me. He's not late. He's not abandoned me. I'm not forsaken. It's a good work. It may not be the way I want it exactly. But I trust your wisdom, Lord. Acknowledge your wisdom, Lord. Acknowledge your mercy, Lord. And I'm saying you are faithful. So this morning I'm going to thank you. For how far you have brought me. I'm going to thank you for all the things that I have in you. I'm going to thank you for the blood. I'm going to thank you for the word. I'm going to thank you for fellowship. I'm going to thank you for church family. I'm going to thank you for biological family. I'm going to thank you for the future and the hope that I have in you. I'm going to thank you because my name is in the book of life. I'm going to thank you, Lord. You are good to me. I'm going to thank you for my children, for my wife, for my husband, for my friends, for my job. I'm going to thank you for my sound health. I can see, I can hear. I'm going to thank you, Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.